Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Commute. This is VM Campos. This is a podcast that you listen to on your commute during my commute. So let's get on the road. So I'm taking a trip from uh, one of my college campuses to the other one. I'm down in San Isidro, California, which is near the border. Um, And then I'm going up about uh, 20 miles, 22 miles to Kearney Mesa, where I teach at my other college. But between here and there, let's talk about comics. So today's topic, I want to talk about missing the boat. Now, I've been reading comics since about 1987, and there have been a lot of great stories, a lot of great series out there throughout the decades. Decades before I was born, decades before my dad was born. There are always going to be stories that you don't get to, books that you don't get to. So, back in my day, if you uh, wanted to keep up you would either have to subscribe and get the comics in the mail where they'd all get damaged up because the, the letter carrier wouldn't care. It's just a comic book. So he or she would fold it up and jam it in your mailbox. And that's why a lot of the old books have these subscription creases because the, 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 the letter carrier would just fold it and put it in the mailbox. But uh, I, I never got subscriptions to comics back in the day. I would always go to my local comic shop and I'll probably do an episode or I might have already done an episode, who knows, with this wacky podcasting timeline about local comic shops of my youth. At the moment, the big ones that I have a regular access to are comics and stuff, which have shops all over San Diego and Rising Sun Comics in Mission Valley. So check them both out. Tell them VM Campo sent you. And they'll say, who? And then you tell them about my podcast and then we all win. But the concept of missing the boat is that uh, this is sort of like the episode about what if. And um, the big what if is what if I had all the money in the world and time as well time to read comics, time to keep up with stories, because that's what, that's what comics are. They're stories to keep you coming back, to keep you entertained, to change your perspective, to change your emotions. And they are like a never-ending story, especially from the big companies, in that you start on an issue, there's some stories, it goes on for a while, Perhaps there's some form of resolution to the immediate story, but then the grand scheme of it all keeps going on. And you're going to miss the boat if you don't jump on and read. So here's a few series that I'm kicking myself that I never got on the boat. Now, yes, we live in the 21st century. We can get comics digitally. We can get comics off of eBay. So there shouldn't really be an excuse for missing the boat. Because of course, if you poke around on the 
dark corners of the internet, you can probably find every single comic out there. I, I wouldn't know anything about it, of course, because honestly, I'm all about getting the physical books. I'm all about the single issues, the floppies. I'm not really a trade paperback reader very much or a digital comic reader. I like the stories, but I also like the artifacts that comics are. Holding the paper, uh, seeing the newsprint, all of that. So these are some series that slipped through my fingers that I wish I got into them when I had the chance. Uh, so one of them is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, or Marvel. Now, they are on Volume 2, and I'm glad to say that I have jumped on the bandwagon, jumped on the boat for Issue 1, Volume 2, and uh, as of this podcast, they're on Issue 7, and I've really enjoyed it. Very, very fun book. Cool, cute art by Erica Henderson and a story by Ryan North. A couple of other people work on the book. Those are the two big names. And I'm really, I hope that creative team doesn't change because they've really made it their own. It's a really fun and funny book. Uh, It's weird, it's cool, it's different. I think they've been getting a lot of accolades. So, Missing the Boat is um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1, which I believe debuted in uh, 2015, maybe 2014, I think 2015. Yeah, because Volume 2 on the cover, very flippantly it says, only our second number one this year. So, sometime in early 2005, Squirrel Girl got her own book, because she'd been kicking around the Marvel Universe for nearly 20 years. And she was on, uh, what is it, uh, Avengers, Great Lakes Avengers? She was in that, various other places. And then they got the powerhouse duo of North and Henderson, and now she's got her own book. But I missed the boat on volume one. I remember seeing the, the, that series in the comic shops, and the art, I liked it. It's got this cartoony art I aspire to. I'm more of a person that would like to draw in a really good cartoony style, like Erica Henderson, like, um, what's her name, sorry, Brianna Williams? Williams, the artist on uh, Hellcat. I really like her style as well. Um, Chris Bacallo on Doctor Strange, the current volume. His is cartoony, but much much more rendered than Williams or Henderson. But I like that cartoony style. I've always aspired to draw like that. And uh, if you check me out on Flickr, which is flickr.com slash vmcomposjr, I'm doing my doodle of the day every day. And I've been pretty good about it. In 2016, I've been drawing something new some doodles and sketches every single day and you'll see a lot of cartoony stuff there but the first volume of Squirrel Girl I never got into and I'm kicking myself because there were only about eight issues or so 
Then Marvel's uh, Secret Wars 2015 happened and upended everything. And so they've started volume one, uh, they've started issue one of several things over again. And now we got volume two, Squirrel Girl, and I'm on board on that. Now again, yes, in the days, in the modern days of comics, with digital comics, uh, you know, comic rips, and of course eBay, there isn't much of an excuse to fall behind. Unless, of course, the comics take off and then they're worth some astronomical amount. But uh, speaking of which, I have looked into getting the earlier floppies of Squirrel Girl because, of course, I can go buy the trade paperback. But again, I'm more of a floppy, of individual issue reader. So I went into eBay recently and I got, uh, I'm getting the, the floppies. And I actually got a good deal on the on the variant covers for Squirrel Girl 1 through 4 I got the third prints and the second prints now usually of course you want to get the first prints if you're collecting comics you usually want first prints but sometimes there's a second print that has an extra value like way back in the 90s if you find a copy of I think uh, Amazing Hulk number 344 or so 377 something like that probably 344 second print maybe third print something like that there weren't a lot of second and third prints in the 90s, so that one's pretty valuable. And more recently, of course, if you get, uh, what is it, Captain Marvel, number 12. Uh, second print with the first appearance of Kamala Khan as Captain Marvel, as Ms. Marvel on the cover. That's a pretty penny. Usually you want first, first prints. Now, I wanted to get the... Uh, the, the print run of Squirrel Girl Volume 1 where the cover where the first four issues form Squirrel Girl's catchphrase so each one has, has the drawing on the cover and then her yelling out one of the four words of her catchphrase um, so it's eats nuts kicks butts so issue 1 has eats and second has nuts third has kicks and fourth has, fourth has butts. The interesting thing is that issues one and two went up to third print and then three and four went up to second print and they've got that whole eats nuts kicks butts. I negotiated a guy down ten bucks uh, to get those four variants. I, uh, I had him knock off ten dollars to that. So I'm catching up on volume one of Squirrel Girl. The other series that I, I missed the boat on, this is rather recent also, was or is Afterlife with Archie. And so um, with that one, uh, I had been hearing about it. Of course, it sounded pretty cool, pretty weird and different. I saw the books at my local comic shops, but I never bought it for some reason. And then uh, I got the trade paperback, and I loved it. I loved those first, those first five issues. So amazing. Uh, that's one I haven't gone back to, to, buy, to, to check eBay to see if I can get them. Uh, I might, but I think those are starting to get a little pricey. So the trade is good enough. Then I started with issue six, and I've been caught up with it. So. Archie Comics publishing a, a horror book and doing it really well. Uh, Afterlife after with Archie is uh, 
the writer is Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and uh, the artist is Francesco Francavilla. So really talented people putting an interesting spin on Archie comics. So I, I wish I jumped on the boat for that one. So another one that I wish I got on the boat for, uh, this one's interesting to think about it this way, is the, the New 52. Um, growing up, honestly, I've been more of a Marvel, a Marvel reader. Never really got into DC. Um, there was a chance back in, you know, 2012 with uh, the New 52. At that time, I wasn't collecting comics very much. Whatever was going on in my life, I wasn't really reading. And I had the chance to get into the early issues of the New 52. I remember kind of reading the commentary and the positive and the negative about it on, on how everything got changed. And I, and I think about it and they went to about, what was it, 40, 50 issues or so into the New 52 and now they're starting over with DC Rebirth. And there's been so many reboots very recently and it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I kind of like the continuity. It's just my obsessive nature, I suppose, keep the continuity going. But stepping back, it doesn't matter. It's all stories, it's all good, it's all interesting. Uh, but I feel like I could have gotten into the, the first wave of the New 52 and seen their interpretation. And yes, of course, the trades are out there, but again, I want the floppies. But now there's the chance to get into the DC Rebirth and everything's gonna be new number ones again. So I'm probably gonna get into that. Just like I, I got a variety of number ones for the new Marvel, all new, all different Marvel. Uh, maybe I got a dozen of them, but honestly on that it was way too many. I, I did get a bunch of number ones for Marvel, you know, new, new Wolverine, new Nova, Drax, like all of these number ones. Uh, I didn't stick on with many of them, of course, because everyone's on a budget. I stuck with Hellcat, Spider-Gwen, which I did get on the ground floor of Spider-Gwen Volume 1. What else? Hercules. R.I.P. to Hercules. Uh, worst case scenario, it might be an interesting story. It might be interesting art. Best case scenario, maybe one of those is valuable someday. Probably not. They'll probably do a big print run, of course. And as we all know that the value of comics is dependent on print runs, key issues, and age. So if anything on the Rebirth is going to be worth anything, check back in 20 to 40 years and we'll see. So this is sort of the opposite to some degree. Another one that I, that I missed the boat on. I was reading in 2015 Angela, Asgard's Assassin. Now was it Asgard's Assassin or Asgardian Assassin? I'm going to say Asgard's Assassin or Asgard's Assassin. Um, I got into that on a lark because, I mean, uh, I remember getting into Image Comics back in the day, and uh, Angela was a character on Spawn, introduced in issue seven, I believe, which I still have, created by Todd McFarlane, of course, and co-created by Neil Gaiman. That's a long story. Uh, Co-creator credit was a tricky thing. There was litigation that went on. Eventually, Neil Gaiman won full custody of Angela, the character. And I don't know then what deals he did, because then he uh, 
sold the character to to Marvel. I have no idea what happened there, but I'm going to totally speculate. Neil was so... Now, this is all heresy, uh, so don't take my word for it. Uh, Neil was so mad about Todd, uh, and so after he got the rights back to his creation, he wanted to really spite Todd, so he sold it to Marvel, because as we all know, Todd McFarlane worked at Marvel for a long time, cut his teeth there, then broke off as one of the Young Turks to form Image Comics. So in my warped mind, um, that's why Angela is back on Marvel to spite Image. But who knows? In any event, when I saw that Angela had her own book and it was a Marvel comic, I thought, wow, cool, let me get it. Now, I hadn't read the original Sin storyline to find out, spoiler alert, that uh, Angela is actually Thor's half-sister and as well as Loki's, which I guess, would that still make her a half-sister to Loki or would that make her like a quarter sister to Loki? But anyway, Angela was, ra was ra raised in the 10th realm, uh, the angel realm, and uh, she became an assassin. It's, it's a matriar matriarchal society. And uh, so this is a new spin on her character. I guess everything else that happened on Image was retroactively removed, I suppose. And so I got into uh, Angela Asgard's Assassin, and I picked up that book. It was really well drawn. I really liked it. And then a cool take on that character, a very cool feminist book. We're seeing a lot of those in 2015, 2016, which is very cool. Uh, I hope a lot of you guys check out those uh, female-friendly books just to get a different perspective, you know, because comic books are all about the story and the art and the emotion and such. So pick them up. And... Uh, Angela was cool and then it ended I think on issue 7 because again Secret Wars got in there and messed everything up. Well I don't want to say messed everything up but just changed everything. And then it started over and for whatever reason I didn't really have Angela on my pull list. I was picking it up as I saw it on the shops which caused me to miss a couple of issues here and there and I had to track down and they got a little more expensive. So with Angela, the new series, Angela Queen of Hell, that's H-E-L, it's one of the realms in the Norse mythology that uh, Thor and Loki are from, as well as Angela. She uh, finishes up the series becoming Queen of, Queen of Hell on the first Angela series, and now she's Queen of Hell. And I haven't picked it up and missed the boat on that. Uh, I kind of want to get into it, but uh, I hate to break it to you. From what I understand, that series is about to end. So who was the team on that? Marguerite Bennett? probably saying her name very wrong because she has a very cool French name, uh, Marguerite Bennett, and I, she's the writer I believe, and I don't know the artist off the top of my head, but very cool art. That was a book that I'm missing the boat on right now. Back in the day in the 90s, speaking of Image Comics, I missed the boat on some of those issues, on some of those series. So back in the 90s, around 1992 or so, some superstar artists from Marvel Comics left, created their own company, Image Comics, which is still going strong today. And they had a roster of about seven books that they started everything with. And I, I picked up a few of them back in the day, but that's I've missed a, a boat, the boat on a few of them. Uh, Spawn, I picked, started on issue six or so, uh, although I, get, I did get issues one and two rather recently. Uh, what else? Savage Dragon, I missed the boat on that. I was reading um, uh, Shadowhawk. I love Shadowhawk. I was reading that one. Uh, what else from Image did I read? It feels like really it was just Shadowhawk, but there was a bunch of Image books that made up the first wave. 
There was uh, Shadowhawk spawn Gen 13. I think Gen 13 was second generation image. Uh, Savage Dragon, Young Blood, etc. So those are some books that I missed the, the boat on, but you know that's uh, nearly 25 years ago. So and obviously one can still get into them, but. There's so many cool books to get into nowadays. So I've reached the end of my commute. And hopefully you've thought about some of the books you've missed the boat on or about to. And you can still catch up. Because again, in today's modern time, we have pull lists. We have trade paperbacks. We have eBay. We have digital. And we have other methods. So there's always a way to catch up on your favorite comics and your favorite stories and creators. So don't forget to do that. Patronize them. Uh, buy those single issues because the single issues fund the paperbacks, the trade paperbacks, and uh, keep reading cool stories. So this has been the Comic Book Commute with VM Campos. Drive safe. Thanks.